You're listening to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. Hello, my lovely people. I missed you guys. I know it's only been a week, but I really, really missed you. So, hi, nice to see you again. How's your day going? Good? Me too. I just had some coffee, so I am amped. And I know I always sound amped, but I'm super amped. Especially because today on the Cultured Podcast, we've got Travers Cook with us. And he is a sculptor, but not just any old sculptor. He is a toy sculptor and a pretty badass illustrator. So we're going to be talking to him about what toy sculpture is because, y'all, it's very different from just toys. Okay. There's a bustling, booming industry of toy sculptors and collectors. So we're going to learn all about that world. And I'm very excited. But first, and as always, I'm going to talk about what's inspiring me this week. And you know, I just applied for this uh, boot camp by Spotify that I'm very excited about. So give me some love, give me some good vibrations for that application, because I can do some pretty magical things with the things that I can learn at that boot camp. But you know, it asked me an interesting question. It was a it's a boot camp for women of color in podcasting, which I am. And it asked, why do we need to hear more women of color or people of color in podcasting? And it really made me ruminate on the idea of diversity. And I don't mean it in the typical sense, like corporate jargon. I mean it in the wondrous diversity that we have on our planet and the gift, the amount of species that we have, many of which we haven't even discovered that live on this one earth. And then to think about our one measly little species and the amount of skin tones, belief patterns, versions of reality, ways of expressing ourselves that exist within just one species. It's astonishing to me. And that's what's inspiring me right now is the fact that, you know, as we get better as a species of absorbing that diversity and realizing that it's a gift and that we are not taking advantage of the opportunities given to us right now, at least we can start waking up slowly and realizing that there's a tremendous beauty to the differences that exist among us as much as there is to the unity and what makes us all the same, which is fundamentally what we all are on the inside. So that's what's inspiring me this week. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know where to reach me, info at culturedpodcast.com and culturedpodcast on all the socials, except Twitter. You got it. It's at culturedpod. All right. Without further ado, let's talk to Travers. Hey, Travers. Hey. Welcome. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Doing fine. You Having feeling good, good? Yeah, I'm doing great. Great. You feeling inspired? I'm always feeling inspired. Oh, yes, you are. And your work <laughs> shows it. I am so excited you're finally here. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to start first by mm. asking you, what is the difference between a toy and a toy sculpture? Toys, you can find those anywhere. They are mass-produced pieces of plastic that are usually made to hype some other media. A Marvel movie comes out, there's a ton of Captain America toys that are just being pumped out. You never find out the artists behind them. You never really find out the work that went into it. It was mostly just there to help push the other product, to help sell, you know, merchandise. 
really. Art toys are, are much more of a definitely underground uh, scene that is artists trying to kind of repurpose the idea of like toys, but in an artistic setting. Mm. So they're not made mass produced because most artists don't have the money needed to mass produce figures. And most people who are trying to get toys made don't really realize how big of an endeavor that is financially. Oh, yeah. Like uh, people come to me all the time. They're like, oh, I want to get an action figure made want to get like a hundred figures made how much would i could i do that with like a budget of like three or four grand and i'm like no <laughs> no <laughs> uh in most of those cases the molds just the molds to produce the toys are made in steel and what? each mold is about ten or twenty thousand dollars what for one figure it's usually like a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar undertaking to get a figure made. That's why they're mass produced because you have to make like ten, twenty thousand of those things to actually turn a profit. Wow, of course, yeah. and you know that's why in Instagram it's a great way to go down rabbit holes yeah. of, of discovery. Yeah, it is. And so I started. I think one account popped up that was toy sculpture, mm -hmm. and then your account. And so I started looking at more and more and more down the rabbit holes. And it's a booming industry. And, yeah. and there are people who covet those toys. Mm. And calling them toys, that's why it's it's really like toy sculpture. Yeah, it, toy art, art. Yeah, art toy art is toys. generally the, the term that everybody uses. Because, I mean, it started off as uh, designer vinyl, but vinyl is a specific material that in the 90s was easy to get produced. But now it's becoming more and more pricey because you always have to outsource it to another company. It's gone a lot more underground uh, thanks to YouTube helping everybody find out how to do mold making and casting. Mm. Uh, most people are doing these things out of their garage in very limited runs. I always like to describe it as it's printmaking in a 3D sense. Mm. So I make, I you know, design a character, sculpt it, whether I sculpt it traditionally or digitally. If it's digitally, I get it 3D printed. Traditionally, you know, I make it when it's done. I'm making a mold and I'm casting resin into that mold and I'd only have, you know, enough money to only make 50 and that's high. That That's making a lot of them is making 50 it by myself. It sounds like it, yeah. Because of that and being like the printmaking aspect, it's low numbers, low, low quantity for higher turnaround. I don't have enough money to make thousands of these things, but I can make 20. Then instead of being like $10 a piece... These are like $80 a piece. Sure. And so that's how artists are able to return their costs on this and not quite make a living. It it used to be in the 90s that was like a very uh, possible thing. Like a lot of people could start their careers as like a toy designer. Nowadays, that's becoming less and less the case. I find it fascinating. The whole industry I just find so yeah. interesting and really artful it's mm -hmm. just stunning the work that you guys do and there are whole conventions for it i mean there are i, I want to get into the culture mm. of making toy art yeah. in a moment but first i want to hear about how you got into toy sculpture so okay. tell us a little bit about that journey as a kid you know that kind of thing, like you go through like so many different jobs you want to do as a kid? Yeah. I didn't. I went through one. I was like, I want to be an astronaut. No. And so I, every 
I grew up in Houston, Texas. Every NASA summer thing they had, I did. I went to all those things, space camp, all of that. And then at 16, I had a realization, I'm like deathly afraid of heights. No! (laughs) And you have to have amazing math scores. My math wasn't that great. Like I excelled more in like English and art and stuff. And uh, the irony of you being as tall as you are, because yeah, you're yeah, yeah. very, very tall. Every, everyone always is like, you're so tall. How can you be afraid of heights? And I'm like, you see where I am? I don't like being much higher than this. I like being where I am. <laughs> yeah, this is my limit. That's yeah, my upper yeah, limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot six is where I like it. Uh, so I, I was like, well, why did I want to do that? Well, that was because I love sci-fi movies and just science fiction in general. So I'm like, well, maybe I want to make movies. Graduated from high school, went and started studying film, mm. did that for a bit. A friend there in one of my storyboarding classes was like, your storyboards are amazing. You ever thought about doing comics? And I was like, oh, I love comics as a kid. I don't know why I never thought to do that as like a career. And so then I got on the comics kick and was just doing comics for years. And uh, moved to Atlanta actually to go to SCAD, and I went there mm-hmm. for comics originally. And that's the Savannah College of Art and Design. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Atlanta campus, and I noticed a pattern. My friends definitely noticed a pattern of every time I worked, every time we worked on a comic, we would talk about what we're working on, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, the story I'm making is really cool, and, uh, yeah, the comic's pretty cool, and I like the art I'm doing, but the toys are going to be amazing. And there was like, everyone seems like you care a little bit more about the toys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at I think I took one class where you had to do, it's a character design class. You have to create, develop, and design characters. And then one of the projects in the class is you make a maquette. You make a sculpture of that character. And I did that project and it was just like, yeah, I just want to do this all the time. I don't yeah. care about making comics anymore. I just want to sculpt characters. And so... I went down to the registrar and said, uh, make sculpture my minor. And then I took a sculpture class. And at the last day of that class, I took my final, went down to the registrar and was like, make sculpture my major. Wow. And so I just totally flipped and uh, graduated from SCAD with a degree in sculpture. You know what I love that I'm hearing about your story is you're you trust yourself really well. Like you this whole process when you realized, okay, I don't astronaut isn't my thing yeah you asked yourself why did i want to become an astronaut Mm -hmm. that's very self-aware and that's a very interesting exercise that i think you know it led you to this place of like oh film oh and then the next step comics and all of that is very purposeful and you can see it influencing your work to this day Mm -hmm. and all coming together to this day so that's cool to this day i'm a huge movie buff i'm constantly watching films I'm pretty obsessed with science fiction. Uh, I never get enough of it. And yeah, my artwork now, my personal artwork, I'm making robots and like sci-fi stuff. and Both in illustration and in sculpture. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. Let's not yeah, get ahead yeah, yeah. of ourselves. So you went to SCAB, you changed your major to sculpture, mm-hmm. and you've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Did yeah, you ever waver once you actually got into the industry as a professional? No. Because every time I came to that point where I had to make a decision that I knew was like a big, important decision in my life, I would always look back and go, well, how did I come to this? You know, what what made me realize that this is a good thing? And going, you know, wanting to do toy design, I was remembering an earliest memory I had of making something was there was one toy I really wanted. It was a blimp. There's a Ninja Turtles blimp. And... (laughs) 
I asked my mom for it, and she's like, we can't afford it. Like, mm. you've got a lot of Ninja Turtles toys. That one we can't afford. And I'm like, but I really want it. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, but we can't really afford it, so you have to do the best with what you have. And then at first I was pissed, but then I think I got, like, cardboard box and markers and tape and stuff and made like a Ninja Turtles spaceship <gasps> and thought it was way cooler than any of the other toys out there and then realized that in the whole time I was a kid and had toys I would always make other accessories vehicles things out of like cardboard and you know other materials to like make things for the toys if I wanted a playset that I couldn't get I'd make a playset. And so it, I looking back on it, I'm like, oh, of course I want to do this. It was your destiny all <laughs> yeah, along. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> that makes total sense. Oh, my gosh. So now uh, describe for us what your toys, what your sculptures look like now. Okay. My own personal artwork is I really love the 80s <laughs> and I really love sci-fi. And so the majority of my work at the moment is robots and you know space and like sci-fi visuals with that kind of like 80s aesthetic so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of neon a lot of gradients and like grid lines that are like glowing bright pink and blue and really into synthwave music which is a whole genre of music that's new artists making stuff to specifically sound like it's in the 80s yeah probably the most well-known artist that's doing that now is the weekend's last album mm-hmm. that totally has that 80s vibe is that Starboy? yeah that whole genre <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm really into so yeah my art is super a lot of cute little robots uh a lot of 80s a lot of neon and stuff like that what are the main materials you work with if i'm doing an organic character like a like a creature or a person like or a anything, demogorgon like from the demogorgon things, that i sculpted amazing. yeah those i use traditional materials i'll use oil-based clay. I'll use wax. With the robots, they have to look robotic. They have to look clean and, you know, designed like you would a machine. Those, I do digital sculpture. I do digital sculpture, and I've got a 3D printer at home, a very nice, very expensive 3D printer that I'm still paying off (laughs) of, but uh, it works wonders, and that helps. Do you apply the same tenets of sculpture to digital sculpture? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The program that I use the most for digital sculpture is one called ZBrush. You start off with a ball that you manipulate like clay. Oh, wow. Like you pull out of it and it stretches and reacts like clay does. It's using like, like a Wacom tablet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're you're actually yeah. going with your pen on mm-hmm. the screen, stretching, forming, molding. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. So I do digital sculpture. I do traditional sculpture. When I have the master done, uh, whether it be you know I'm finished with the traditional sculpture or I have the 3D print from the digital one, it's mold making, casting. You know, mixing up chemicals to make mold rubber that I'm then making a I guess the best way to describe it is it's like a negative it's mm-hmm. like a in photography you have the negative of the object and then casting is your material that you pour into the mold to make copies of it like photo paper right for that negative that you're you know making copies of a lot of people kind of mix up those two words mold making and casting they're like oh so when how many molds are we making are we making like 30 molds and i'm like you're thinking castings Mm -hmm. 
molds and castings are two completely different things. And when you're talking to someone who does that, you are really confusing that person. <laughs> yeah, because usually, let's say you have a run of 10, you might yeah. make one mold yeah. and 10 casts. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a run of 50, you might make multiple molds. Yeah, yeah, sure. But you run many casts from one mold. Yeah, yeah. It's like an assembly line almost. Yeah, and molds have a life. They don't last forever. Uh, I think if you really know what you're doing and treat your stuff with care, the average mold can last 30, 30 or 40 castings. So wow. not a ton, yeah. but uh, especially yeah. if they cost so much to make. Yeah, that's why those like really high quality molds are like made in steel, like mm. for the ones for factories, because they don't have to worry about that degrading anytime soon. With me, since I'm making, you know, I'm using much cheaper materials. I'm making at max. I'm usually doing small runs of my stuff of like ten to twenty. Okay, so you are one hundred percent. Full-time freelance. Yes. Sculptor for hire. <laughs> yes. Which, and and then you also have your personal projects. So mm -hmm. how do you balance those two and make time for personal projects because those are so time-consuming? Yeah. But then also have enough work coming in that it sustains you. That is really a case of planning and playing it by ear. <laughs> yeah. <amen. laughs> it's a It's a mix of both. With my own personal work, I'm still in a case where not a lot of people know my stuff yet. And I feel like that's changing and constantly growing. I've still got a ways to go. I joke that I am the Atlanta artist's favorite artist. <laughs> I have everyone that says they love my art are all other artists. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, now I just got to get normal people to see my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> people that aren't also making their own stuff. So, uh, But, you know, you start from somewhere. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you – It's in, it's an interesting relationship, though, because – by being known by people who are known mm. by people, yeah. you eventually will be known by people, especially because you end up getting these endorsements from these people who already have a following, already have this like built cre credibility. So when somebody with built-in credibility finds you credible and reliable, that rubs off. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty sweet. So you say that you have a ways to go in terms yeah. of being known, though, because I feel like, I mean, I am no like yeah. expert judge of toy art but mm -hmm. you're amazing you're really skilled your your approach to sculpture is is pretty incredible so how do you perceive yourself in terms of where you are with your art i mean i've got a few stuff out there like my first toy for sale came out like a month and a half ago oh my god really yeah yeah i had been and that was an issue that i'd had for a while of just reworking the same project over and over and then it was a number of those friends that were making stuff. They're like, you just need to finish something. Mm. Just like start something and finish it. And if it's not perfect, that's fine. You'll fix it on the next one. You'll do something else and make that one better. And then it'll just keep happening. And so I, I've got a lot of things I've been working on lately that uh, I have been kind of hush-hush about. But in the next few months, those will be... There won't be a case of like I had before where I'm like, oh, I don't have a lot of finished things I can show. It'll be a case of like, yeah, I've got some stuff. Here you go. Yes. <laughs> and Congratulations. So, thank you. Birthing your projects is a really yeah, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, with the help from those friends uh, that are phenomenal artists in their own right, they're doing great stuff here. You said being known by known artists helps get me known. 
one of the things that really started pushing me towards that path was I saw they were all great artists, but then I'm like, what's my different thing? Mm. 3D. No one's working in 3D. Everyone else is an illustrator. Mm. And there are a lot of great illustrators, but I can find very few sculptors. And all the sculptors that I know are just working on their own stuff only. And I went to Squishy Puss. I went to Do It Do It League. I went to so many different people and were like, hey, your 2D stuff is great. You ever thought about making that 2D work a 3D piece? Mm -hmm. And they're always like, that's amazing. Yes, let's do this. So uh, Squishy Puss and I are working on something that'll come to fruition soon. I'm working on, I don't know, I have like four or five different collaborations coming up soon. Oh, I can't wait. So all to be kind of scattered out throughout this year and early next year. So. And you and I have talked about potentially doing something for Cultured. Yeah, yeah, we have. So I'm going to drop that in the Cultured crew's ear because if y'all want a Cultured podcast, you know, root to Mike toy, yeah, you got to let me know or a statue or something. You got to yeah. let me know because, hello, Travers and I have already talked about it. <laughs> So if I get a few of you to say, um, duh, I want a cultured toy, then guess what? We can make it happen. We can make it happen. So who are some of the art toy companies or sculptors who inspire you the most? Oh, wow. Okay. There is a design studio out of Indonesia right now that is blowing my mind called uh, Machine 56. And they do three things. They make toys, they make clothes, and they make helmets. Yeah, it's like fashion cosplay right. specifically. It's when I show it to you, you'll see what I mean, but it's like it's really cool. Wow. And then they do toys. They have like characters that they created from these clothes and the helmets and have like figures that you can buy. Oh, so super cool. Yeah. So Machine 56 is a big influence. Uh, Ashley Wood is a huge influence. He is an Australian painter who has done like comic book work and stuff. He and uh, this other guy out of China formed this studio called 3A Toys. And they make 12-inch scale figures that all have like hand-sewn clothes and everything, but in Ashley Wood's style. And lately they've been starting to get licenses. So DC approaches them and is like, we want you to do a Batman figure, but Batman how you would do Batman. And so it comes out like this very mechanical, almost Russian, like machinery style Batman, <laughs> but in like white. And it's just, it's amazing. Oh. It's totally different. It's not like anything you'd expect to see. Those are my two biggest influences at the moment. I, I keep... Seeing their stuff and going, I've got to step my game up. I've got to work on my designs. i got to produce more things. And What is the culture of the toy sculpture mm -hmm. industry? There are a ton of genres within it. <laughs> There's a whole bootleg scene where people are buying actual toys and just swapping the bodies and heads and making new molds <gasps> and casting them in, in resin. Probably the most well-known guy from that is this guy by the name of Sucklord. He took a Stormtrooper figure and he made a mold and cast it in pink resin and tiled it Gay Empire. And so <laughs> he it. is, yeah, yeah. That and that's, Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, his tagline is like, you're an a-hole for buying this. He's just mean to everybody, but everyone eats it up and loves it and he's got a huge fan base for it. Mm. 
And then there is the kaiju scene where it's a whole bunch of people that got into like Japanese monsters like Godzilla and like just giant monsters like that and collecting the toys that were like cheap that Japan made in the 80s like that that come in like really ugly designs and like ugly like rainbows of colors. I found a a few artists that do that here in Atlanta that I had no that I've been seeing their stuff for years and had no idea. I'm like, oh wait, they're here. I had no idea. I can just go and meet that guy no sometime. Way. So and did you? Not yet. That happened very recently. You got to do it. <laughs> I yeah, I I found it about uh, a couple of those people like within the past two weeks, and I was like, oh, uh, I thought I was the only one here trying to do this stuff, and then I found out there's like five or six more. So well, you know what, Travers? Yeah, you're the only one to us. <laughs> Well, I hope to change that. I, yeah. I have an idea of trying to do a show that is character-based sculptors. Oh, that art. would be amazing. So We're going to have to keep our eyes peeled for that because yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. That's, right now, I'm really to the point of I want it to be a big show. I want to feature a lot of artists. So I'm really trying to amass as many artists as I can for yeah. this one. There's a lot of people making art in Atlanta, but it's not all 2D. Mm. Here's the people doing stuff in 3D. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been yeah. a fascinating conversation. And I think a lot of people are going to start looking at toy sculpture, if not for the first time, then from completely new eyes. So I appreciate sure. you coming and being on the show today. Yeah, I had a great time here. I feel like we could talk for hours. Forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Well, you heard it here first, y'all. We got to keep our eyes peeled in the next few months because Mr. Travers Cook is going to be releasing some special surprises for us. And I can't wait. And I wasn't kidding about the cultured toy. So if you want to see a cultured sculpture Oh, that sounds fun. A cultured sculptor or a cultured toy. Please give me a shout. Maybe I'll put a little poll on the socials to see if I have enough interest. Because if I do, then you know what's coming next. Do, 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 do. I am not mysterious at all, clearly. All right, y'all. If you want to find out more about Travers, you can find him at dobotking.com. That's like robot, but with a D dobotking.com and you can also find him on instagram at dobotking real super simple and until next time y'all keep it classy keep it curious keep it cultured i'm michelle Corey. sean powers is our producer cooper skinner is our engineer ina garkusha is our editor the Cultured Podcast is a production of Listen Up Podcasts, made with love in Atlanta. You can listen to Cultured on culturedpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>